everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is the show where we like to look at a streaming service and talk about some hidden gems that you can find on that streaming service. And it's a lot of fun. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you as always. Uh, you know, this is a time, you know, Christmas always makes me happy. But this particular Christmas, things are going really well for me. And I in my old thinking, I'm used to waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I, uh, <laughs> but I don't know this time around. I am just, things are just going my way and I'm just, yeah. I'm just enjoying that. That's good. Don't borrow problems from tomorrow. Just enjoy, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> yeah. As uh, master Ugwe once said in Kung Fu Panda, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Uh-huh, very good. <laughs> yes. Well, why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about today? Well, we are doing uh, we are doing Canopy, the uh, little streaming service that could. And this is a service that now I work at a library. I'm promoting this thing like every day, but it's a really good service. It's it's got a lot of older movies, a lot of international movies history channels just added a ton of stuff bbc just added a ton of stuff on there so it's getting bigger the more we go back to it it really is there's almost always uh something new and exciting like they have a lot of new films that they are that they add every single every single month and uh and they they have a, a variety, like there's a lot. I was noticing just how many, like, you know, made for TV Christmas movies they had on, plus then like more like artsy stuff and documentaries and, and it's all free. I mean, and we've said this many times that, uh, that if you had just Tubi, uh, Hoopla and Canopy, you would have a ton of entertainment for free and ready for you. Yeah, all you need is your library card and you're set. Yeah, that's right. And any pretty much anybody can get a library card, so it's a win-win. Yeah, I know. I do about 10 of them a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that you work at the... Does your library do Canopy or Hoopla? We do both. Both, yeah. That's nice. We, we actually do that. We, we do Canopy Hoopla, but then we also do Freeding, which is... The top magazines in the world, the magazines and periodicals. We also do uh, a music one, and I, it, I, be, I believe it's called Freegal. Yeah, that's what it's called, and uh, oh. that's just all music, not audiobooks, just all music. And I haven't touched that one, but I have heard some good things about it. Oh, I haven't heard of that one, but uh, but how are things going on your channel, your Christmas series? Oh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we're recording this Wednesday the 7th, which means my review for the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer dropped. And mm -hmm. I did not plan it, but thanks to my, thanks to one of my subscribers, shout out to Aaron White, he actually commented that today is the anniversary of the special premiering on NBC. I, be I believe it is the, I'm going to pull it up. The Bass ones? Yes. It is the 58th birthday today. It debuted nice. December 6th, 1964. So it's a, so happy 58th and a day. Well, I love the tradition of stop motion animation during the holidays. It's so much fun. 
And even this year on a Disney plus, we got Mickey saves Christmas, which is new stop motion animated short last year. We got Robin Robin from Ardman on, uh, on Netflix. It seems like almost every year there's some kind of stop motion animated short to go with uh, the holiday season. It's really fun. And, it, and then, yeah, of course, Rudolph is, is one of the most famous of all of them. Yeah. And then the uh, and then tomorrow I've got a review up for How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original and the best one by a country. Yes. No contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Frosty the Snowman and then the George C. Scott helmed Christmas Carol. Okay. Funny story about that, uh, that Frosty the Snowman. So once you watch a bunch of the Rankin Bass shorts, they start to kind of feel like kind of annoying after a while. (laughs) Like they're so like trying, they're a little bit try hard sometimes. They're trying so hard to be quirky and to be different that it can get kind of annoying. And uh, so I had decided to do this Rankin Bass uh, series on my blog. This is like 2015, way before I was on Rotten Tomatoes, way before anything. And so I did it and I, I got about halfway through and I was just like, I'm tired of this. I don't like it anymore. But, <laughs> but I had put posted my review of Frosty the Snowman. I was like, this is not very good. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And when, when I signed up for, I mean, when I got approved for Rotten Tomatoes, they went through all of my reviews and added them to the site. Unbelievable. Some poor soul was like going through every single video, every single review of mine. I can't even imagine how, cause I had been with, that was 2019. So we're talking four years and more of reviews anyway, that they had to go through and find it. And it was just funny. Cause like I'm Mrs. Christmas, you know, I'm, I'm reviewing all the Christmas movies and somebody comes to me and is like, you went rotten on Frosty the Snow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was like, what? Of all the reviews they had cons- <laughs> questions about, it was that one. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I was really funny. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> but it's uh but the series is going really well. Uh I'm gonna be reviewing Die Hard in the next few days with Loretto from the from the Geekly Goods slash cinema spot. So uh so he's been on my channel before. And uh, cool. yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing. And, and Jacob Martin is going to be on there. We're going to be talking about something. I I I have I have it on my notes, but I don't have it in front of me. But it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. And then I'm also going to be starting up another series. But it's more of a continuation of separate reviews that I've done for a certain director, but with one of my most anticipated movies of 2023 coming down the road. I wanted to be a bit of a completionist and that'll be revealed in the next couple days or so. So you all stay tuned for that. Cool. Good. I'm glad it's going so well. Well, I'm still, and I've almost at a hundred Christmas movies. Almost. <laughs> wow. This and weekend. It's, I'll, not, I'll, it's uh... not even two weeks into December. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, well, why don't we get started? Tell us your first recommendation for Canopy. So my first choice is what is called on the site, Superman, a Max Fleischer collection. This is several of the original Superman shorts that were 
animated by Max Fleischer, and they were released in, I believe, the 30s and the 40s. I've actually seen these, not on Canopy, but I I do this thing once in a while where I go through old, like, Toonami schedules, and they have this thing called Cartoon Roulette, where every 15 minutes between their main shows, they do an old cartoon, like an old Superman episode, a space ghost, something like that. And I remember, because I had no context of anything other than the Christopher Reeves Superman and the Henry Cavill Superman, and watching some of these, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, this is the 40s, and this animation is awesome, and it still holds up incredibly well to this day, and just Superman's design and just how bombastic the narrator is, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, can leap tall buildings in a single bound. He's Superman. Da 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 da. And it just, I love that narration. And I just love, I love how earnest and over the top it feels. You don't see it nowadays. And I just, I, it just made me fall in love with those shorts. There's not one that I would recommend you start with. They're pretty well organized on Canopy. So I just start with the first one and work your way down. That's cool. I had never heard of those. So I feel like I've heard of Max Fleischer, but I hadn't heard of the shorts. So that's really neat. I'll yeah, check those out. Yeah, it's like Max Fleischer, Chuck Jones, Tex Avery, and that whole crowd. Of the, those are the guys that did Tom and Jerry. and or, Well, Chuck Jones did Tom and Jerry for a ton of years and Tex Avery. Mm-hmm. Like Animation in the 30s, 40s, and 50s is a standard that is a separate standard on its own that I think will never be matched. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, my first suggestion is also an animated film. I just recently talked about it for foreign language movie month. And that's what I do every November. I have foreign language movie month for family movie night, where I try to suggest movies that the family can watch. Cause I think it's good for kids to get the experience of reading subtitles as soon as they're old enough to read. Uh, so that they can experience other cultures and other languages. And, and, uh, and so that's what I try to do every November. And one of the films that I talked about this, uh, this year is called Gordon and Patty. And this is a Swedish animated film. It's all, it's barely over an hour. So it's really more of like a short, but it's really cute. It's about this, this plucky mouse who applies to work for this kind of grumpy uh, alligator uh named gordon (laughs) and uh and they're uh they they're on the case for this squirrel that gets his nuts taken and they they accuse this fox of stealing his nuts and uh and if you like something like zootopia or or something like that then you would enjoy this i think it's really cute someone took took their nuts away i was thinking of like whoa (laughs) (laughs) It's a squirrel. The bit's bit strange, but uh, <laughs> yeah. You said so it's in the forest. He's the um, and Gordon is the sheriff of the forest. So you have a squirrel. His you know, stores the the nuts from the forest, and anyway, it was fun. And this is from Sweden. <laughs> from Sweden, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have it dubbed, so you have to read the subtitles. So that's the only thing that if kids aren't old enough to read, then you have to either be there to explain to them what's happening and what's being said, 
or uh you know or they have to read yeah so but i think it's important for kids to experience that experience other cultures yeah i agree because mm-hmm. you know kids might not be able to travel internationally so mm-hmm. it's a good window for them yeah yeah i remember it wasn't another language but it was uh my um i remember watching um uh when i was an older child i guess i watched my left foot which does have a lot of swearing in it but but anyway and it's in a like a thick uh irish accent and that's one that that's probably how why my parents let me let because they could just because they couldn't understand the swear words <laughs> but it's really <laughs> but anyway it, it's a good experience for kids yeah so what do you have next so my next choice is a documentary and i remember seeing this it it was a mainstay of the kennedy space center here in Merritt island florida for years i think they moved it but it's no longer there but it's a documentary called hubble and this is about the hubble telescope and it's narrated by leonardo dicaprio and He has a really good voice for it, and he really does lend a hand. And I recommend this because of just the images that Hubble captured, because you think, oh, it's a space telescope. Like, what all go, what's fascinating about that? If you watch the documentary, your jaw will drop just at some of the beautiful things that this telescope captured in its years of flight. And seeing all of these things that we humans will probably never see in our lifetimes because the universe is so vast and so big that we can't truly comprehend it. Even some of the brightest minds ever, like some of the smartest astrophysicists and physicists of all kind, they still can't even begin to describe it. So, <clears throat> so the documentary did a really good job of showing and capturing that it was made for IMAX so everything looks absolutely stunning and um it's a little weird watching it on a smaller screen than a normal IMAX screen but I still give it a recommendation nonetheless it scratches my space itch yeah cool yeah that sounds neat that sounds neat uh well my next pick is a very interesting pick and this I also did for family movie night this last year for um, Muppet May, January May. And it's a little bit of an obscure film from the Muppets. It's called The Christmas Toy. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, you're mute. No, no, I haven't heard it. Okay, so The Christmas Toy, it's really interesting because it came out in 1987. And that was right around when Pixar was starting so you've got to believe that this had an influence on Toy Story because it is very similar. Uh, it's about this this group of toys that uh, are uh, sentient. They uh, and when the kid, the the big difference is is when the kid comes in into the room. Not only do they have to play play dead or whatever, but if they're not in the same place that they are left. When the kid comes in, they get frozen and turn into just like a regular toy. So they basically die. And so there's like this kind of scary element to everything. 
but it's very similar to Toy Story. And so I have to believe that this was influence influential on Toy Story. Uh, you have a, this doll named Apple, uh, who is the current, uh, who was the former favorite toy. And then you have this, uh, um, you have this tiger toy named Rugby, uh, who's the current favorite toy. And uh, the little girl is all, is getting out new toys for Christmas and they're all really concerned. And uh, then, so yeah, the little girl's named Jamie and there's a lot of nervousness about the new toys. And if Jamie finds them spying in the place where, not in the place where they were left, then they get turned into regular toys. Um, I mean, they have Kermit right on the cover uh, the poster, but he's really not in it long. He's just sort of the introduction narrator kind of, uh, but I, you know, I love Muppets so much and, uh, and this one is a little bit more obscure. So I was excited to see it on the uh, canopy, uh, bus. So check it out. It's, 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 um, how long, uh, 50 minutes. You know, when you were reading that to me, I was thinking to myself, man, Henson should sue. I mean, they might have a case here. But then again, <laughs> Disney owns the Henson stuff. So maybe, you know, it was strategic. But just reading it out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of eerie how similar those two are. Yeah, it really, it really is so similar. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not trying to knock or anything. It just it's funny to me that the the thing that Pixar that got them off the ground, there was this obscure movie from the eighties or not the eighties or Yeah, the eighties. Yeah. Eighty six. Who did the exact same thing almost. Yep. It's kind of like when people were freaking out because Inside Out was like, it's Herman's head, it's Herman's head. Like, right. No one's heard of Herman's head. I had no <laughs> idea what that was well, until people. That was totally different. That's for adults. This is for kids. Inside Out was for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Not only yeah. that, but it's about a kid moving across the country. I mean, yeah. it's a totally different. Totally different. Topic. Yeah. So. I I've like I have a review in Family Movie Night for the Christmas toy and for Gordon and Patty, so we'll put links in the description uh, if people want to watch those. So they're good. I think they're good. What do you have next? So my next choice is from the History Channel, and it is called Vietnam in HD. This is the sequel to World War II in HD, which I recommended a a million years ago on this show. And it's pretty much the same idea. It's presenting footage that you've never seen before of Vietnam. And really, you know, it, it, Vietnam is one of those things that I like going back to from time to time and just think to myself, wow, what were we thinking with that whole five to six year period? It, I, I will say it's not as good as the Ken Burns one that he did a, a few years back, but it is still sobering at times to see some of the footage and just the access to the hours that was filmed like all those years ago and just it, it, it's really a slice of history that that i hope doesn't get forgotten because it's oddly relevant at certain times and that's all i'll say about that yeah yeah that would be really interesting 
I, I know I saw the Ken's burnt Ken Burns one. Uh, I love his, his documentaries, but it's, you know, been a long, long time. And that is definitely a war that is complicated. I think people like kind of learning about world war two in a way, because it doesn't, it's not as morally complicated as some of these others, you know, there's just, there's more of a clear right and wrong. There obviously is some ambiguity about certain parts, especially on the Pacific, but, uh, but, uh, Anyway, with Vietnam, it's a lot murkier, a lot murkier. Yeah, it's rather unfortunate. I remember in college, I can't remember what class it was, but we went in depth on the whole Nilai thing, which I don't know if you all have ever heard of that, but Google it if you want to feel really disgusted for a few minutes. But we went really in depth on the Nilai stuff. Uh-huh. It's it's a, just a sad affair. It, it really, really is. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, my next pick is an obscure one that I saw at uh, at Sundance, I think, or South by Southwest. I can't remember. It's not one of the festivals, <laughs> you know, uh, in last year, 2021, called Montana Story. And it stars Haley Lou Richardson as this a young woman who has to come back to Montana to her family's ranch, uh, where she has her half brother is there, and then her father, who she's estranged from, who was pretty abusive. Uh, that he is there. He's gone into a coma. He's on life support. He's being treated by this nurse there, and uh, she's really hesitant to go back uh and have to deal with all this stuff uh but it's really a story of these two siblings and them coming to understand each other by the end and i I definitely really you know related to it in many ways there's also this like really special horse that she loves that's getting too old now so she's having to kind of deal with that and uh yeah i just thought it was a really good movie you don't see that many movies about brother sister relationships and so that was you know nice to see in that bond and i think Haley richardson is a really good actress and uh, so i'd say this was underrated from last year something worth seeing it is kind of slow the pace is a little bit uh, you know it's kind of your indie movie that's maybe a little a little slow in the pacing but the performances are good i think it has relationships people can relate to it's beautifully filmed you know sort of these vistas of montana and uh, and so uh, i think it's worth uh worth a worth a watch yeah i remember seeing the trailer for this i don't know what it was attached to but i specifically remember seeing it and thinking to myself wow that will be good and it came nowhere near my area which Mm -hmm. tends to happen because my local theater gets a lot of fathom events a lot of operas and so sometimes things can fall by the wayside so montana story was one of them yeah so this is a good chance to catch up on it on canopy if if you if you have a chance i think it i think it's worth a watch yeah because i really enjoyed Haley lou richardson in this movie called five feet apart with uh, yeah one of the sprouse twins i can't remember which one mm-hmm. uh, i think I, it's cole that does make sense yeah but, <laughs> yeah but that but that was a very heart-wrenching movie at times and she was good in that so i think i will definitely seek out montana story yeah and she's good in support the girls uh which is another indie 
so uh, what do you have next? So my next choice is a movie that was technically first released in 1979, but didn't release in the United States until 1980. It's a gray area, but you do have to acknowledge it or else people will get on your case about it. It's the original Mad Max. And if you just know Mad Max as like Fury Road and uh, oh, what a lovely day. This first Mad Max is not that. <laughs> it gets mm-hmm. to that, but it's a lot more mild than what the other installments would become. It is still post-apocalyptic, but it's more of like John Wick in the post-apocalypse, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Gibson is, of course, the star. This is, I believe this is the movie that established him. And, he, of course, he had a lethal weapon in Braveheart, but this is, I think, the one... If my film history is correct, that announced to him, like, hey, this guy is the next big thing. And, of course, he is really good in it. The guy who would eventually become Immortan Joe in Fury Road is the main villain, Toe Cutter, in the first Mad Max. Which, I don't know if that was a coincidence on the part of George Miller or if it was a conscience choice, but it was a nice little bit of symmetry. So, not as crazy as the first Uh, not as crazy as what the series would become but it is definitely grittier and near the knuckle than what you might think it's it's a revenge movie so your mileage is definitely going to vary so i i not stay away from like i'm not telling you to stay away from it but just warning it's gritty it's tough to watch at times and it but it doesn't get as crazy as like the last one where they're like swinging off of lifts and spraying paint on their mouth and going witness that comes later <laughs> now i have seen fury road of course and that was amazing an incredible yeah. experience incredible experience at the theater oh my gosh mm-hmm. uh and uh and then uh, i haven't seen that was my first that was actually my introduction to mad max Fury Road and I think a lot of people and that's have that yeah because the Mad Max series is weird it seems like everyone seems to like them except for Thunderdome which Thunderdome is quite divisive people either really love it or really hate it yeah it's been a minute since I've seen it but I thought Tina Turner was awesome in that. Mm-hmm. cool all right well talking about our classic famous left turn hard left <laughs> hard left because my next is a period piece (laughs) called her majesty mrs brown and this is loosely based on true story a lot of conjecture going on here but uh but when queen victoria's uh husband prince albert died uh she went into this is a fact she went into serious extended grief where she was rarely seen in public she was uh not a very good uh, i've seen documentaries in the victoria show like she wasn't a very good mother to her children there was just uh she just was consumed by grief uh and so she goes to scotland uh where they you know they have a famous i forget what it's called they have a house there the the queen has a house in scotland and and so she is kind of forced out of her grief by this kind of gruff, thoroughly curmudgeonly man named Mr. John Brown, who's uh, Scottish in Scotland. And uh, the, then, then everything else is kind of conjecture and historical 
fiction basically of this supposed relationship that the two had but they were definitely friends we know that and they corresponded for years and they were close but uh but anyway the way they have it here it's a lot of it's 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 good it's a lot of fun and you can't beat uh judy dench playing queen victoria yeah i remember watching this as part of my 97 series that i didn't do videos on but i tried to watch every movie of 97 and that movie was on there and i remember really enjoying it and by that point i had known judy dench for being m in the craig bond movies and a bunch of other stuff but she was really good in this it's hard to hate judy dench in anything if you really think about it yeah she's so good and billy Connolly is good here also even in Cats, she's good. Like, the, the movie's ridiculous, but she does what she can with the role. And, uh, of course, the director, John Madden, he, uh, he did uh, Shakespeare in Love, which yeah, is it, great. Yeah, the Cats was just terrible, but at least Judy Dench looked like she was having fun. In it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did both of the, uh, the exotic Marigold Hotel movies, too, which are a lot of fun. Yes. So, yeah, this one, you got lots of pretty Scotland, and I just love these kind of period pieces. But the acting is excellent. I, I think she was nominated for an Oscar, I want to say. Let me look. I believe, if my memory serves, she was. Let's see here. Um. Yes uh academy award for best actress she was nominated and uh yeah so definitely worth a watch so what do you have next so my final choice is a biopic from 2011 and it is the iron lady and this is the biopic of margaret thatcher who was prime minister in england for many years and this was actually directed by the same woman who directed mamma mia talk about two that are completely different from each other in every conceivable fashion except for their star Meryl Streep <laughs> <laughs> she's Margaret Thatcher in this and she's also Donna in Mamma Mia and so it's crazy to think that Mamma Mia the big bombastic ABBA inspired musical and Iron Lady is all about Margaret Thatcher and the politics surrounding all of that I do. I, I'm reliably informed that there is a group of people over in England who do not like Margaret Thatcher, but I don't know. I don't live over there, so I don't know what the skinny is. But I thought this movie was very interesting. I like, I like her navigating all of that because you know she was a woman in politics, and they have a bit of a rougher go at it than than most. It's just how it is. But she managed to do the best that she could from what the movie presents and from, from what the movie presents i don't want to get persecuted here so just bear with me but meryl streep is really good jim broadbent plays her husband and he's really good richard e grant is of course good this has a pretty good cast phoebe waller bridge who's going to be in indiana jones 5 she's good in this and yeah i think for my limited knowledge of Margaret Thatcher, I thought found the movie to be very interesting. Yeah, I could have done without the structure that they had for it, you know, kind of the flashback yeah. structure. Yeah, but that other was, than that, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was weird, like her older self talking to us or to like her, how was it? 
Yeah, and like her sort of delusions, her, oh, her right. Alzheimer's and stuff. Yeah, you can tell it's been a minute since I've seen the movie. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed it, uh, and uh, it's good get Meryl that. What is she now? Three Oscars, I think three Oscars. <laughs> that sounds but, uh, right, but she's yeah, so for like seventy five, so she was bound to get it at some. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the Indiana Jones trailer, what'd you think? Did you like it? You know, I am nervous as all get out for that movie because of Crystal Skull and the fact that Harrison Ford is going to be 80 when the movie premieres. But I'm not going to lie. I thought the trailer was really good. I mean, yeah, same. The, the movie is doing all it can, all that it can to win me over. It's directed by James Mangold. That dude has not missed in Copland, Logan, uh, Ford v. Ferrari, Walk the Line. I'm missing some, but he has not missed. Harrison Ford's back. Mads Mikkelsen is the villain. I love him. John Reese davies is back as Sala. I love him. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is debuting, and I've liked her and everything that she's been in. So I am incredibly nervous. But at the same time, the trailer was like, they're at least going to put some effort into this. I thought it was a super great trailer and I admit they leaned on the nostalgia with that music and with just everything. But, uh, but I thought it was great. And the, the, um, uh, the de-aging or whatever that they did, I thought it looked unbelievable. Best by far of any that I've seen. It did look very good. When I saw it, I was like, if I hadn't known that they were going to use it, I wouldn't have guessed. I thought this was like deleted footage from when from like oh let's just save this for a rainy day but no it looks fantastic yeah i agree i agree well my uh last pick is a family favorite is definitely one of my dad's favorite movies (laughs) it's the scarlet pimpernel from i think 1982 With, yeah, with uh, Anthony Andrews and Jane Seymour and Ian, Ian McKellen, young, young Sir Ian McKellen. And the Scarlet Pimpernel is the story, a uh, famous story about uh, this uh, troop that goes to try to save people from the guillotine during the French Revolution. And it's led by this man named Percy, uh, who is married to a French uh, woman. And uh, Sir Percy Blakeney, and he gets married to Marie to Marguerite, uh, and uh, at the very beginning, and then he has to pretend to play this like complete fop and idiot, in order that nobody will suspect that he's this mastermind behind it all. And Anthony Andrews is absolutely hilarious playing this fop, and uh, he's always like, "Sick me." <laughs> They sick me here. They sick me there. And my dad will just quote that ad nauseum. <laughs> those, <laughs> those Frenchmen, you just sick them everywhere. <laughs> and it's so funny and it's so entertaining. Well done. Uh, you've got lots of, you know, like sword fights and, and, uh, and uh, entertainment. Uh, Jane Seymour is she doesn't seem French, but whatever. Uh, she's good. And, and Ian McKellen makes a convincing villain. Uh, and Shalon. <laughs> so this is just a very entertaining film. 
Yeah, it's hard to think of Ian McKellen in anything that's not Lord of the Rings or X Men. Mm-hmm. And and I was doing some research for something, and I was looking at his Wikipedia page, and I just I forget that he's been doing this for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really, really long time. Have you ever seen this? No, I haven't. I uh, I thought I had heard of this story before. I can't remember from where, but I do. I but I it sounds vaguely familiar. There's other versions. There's an old one with um, Leslie Howard, you know, from Gone with the Wind. Uh, that's I guess supposed to be good, but this is definitely my favorite. There's a musical by the same people who did uh, did Jekyll and Hyde, but I still think this is better. And this is they do go off the book quite a bit. It's not a direct translation of the book but i i think it's really 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 fun well dramatic license it's Mm -hmm. going to happen on occasion and anthony andrews is the same guy who voices quasimodo in uh in uh the in the hunchback so in the animated one Mm -hmm. yeah oh wow yeah well yeah so that's my uh my final pick (laughs) uh let's go over what we picked i have gordon and patty which you can find my review on family movie night uh the christmas toy also i have a review for that montana story her majesty mrs brown and the scarlet pimpernel from 1982 and I have Superman, a Max Fleischer collection, Hubble, Vietnam in HD, Mad Max, and the Iron Lady. Great. Well, very good. Well, let us know what you think of these picks. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you've been watching anything else on Canopy, then uh, we'd love to hear in the comment section and or on Twitter. And Ryan, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Then there's, of course, my YouTube channel just called RyanCam. Chris Mania is in full swing. Uh, as of this recording, tomorrow, this coming Thursday, will be reviews for How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original, and the original Frosty the Snowman, and then then George C. Scott's A Christmas Carol after that. And those reviews will be coming up until December 25th. And that director series, which I will be revealing in the next couple of days, which I am looking forward to slash dreading because it involves a very divisive director, but uh, mm. you'll you'll you all will know very soon. Zack Snyder. Nope. Okay. <laughs> he's uh he's got a movie coming up in early 2023. Oh, okay. Well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, and we'll put all of our hidden gems. Uh, in the playlist uh, down below. So you definitely want to check that out and uh, check out the Patreon and merch store. Uh, We really appreciate that support. And also if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that. And uh, thanks so much, Ryan. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everybody. Bye.